Craft Beer Radio, episode 154 on January 27, 2010. Welcome to Crafty Radio, the only podcast not talking about the iPad. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Bear. So this week on iPad Related, we are doing double IPAs, bring on the hops. We have had a couple not so hoppy shows, so we're decided, I guess, bring, hey, bring back some... Plus, some I also wanted to get these out before all the hops pleasers. fade, True. right? Because these beers don't age very well. So hopefully they're all fresh. They're all maximum six months old so hopefully they're all in good shape i here. think for all those who are wondering no we still love hops we oh yeah still love hops. let's start off with the mendocino imperial ipa this is a winter seasonal mendocino as you might guess they're from mendocino california winter seasonal imperial ipa they use resplendent in their marketing nice. speak 75 percent alcohol by volume do you happen to remember the first time we did Imperial IPAs on the show? I believe it was episode 0.9. It was, indeed. Good memory. Yes, our first test show that we weren't even sure if we were going to post. Mm-hmm. It turned out not to suck that bad, so we put it up on the internet. What was that June 5th, 2005? Hard to believe, isn't it? It's almost been five years. Cheers. Let's am. So this beer is a beautiful copper color, clear little orangey i can see greg through the glass he's upside down because of our snifters i have a nice curve convex curve to it, which inverts the image i could smell that a lot it has some hops in there there's a ton of malt back it up though it, it has this great toffee caramel type malt aroma and then the hops on it are Earthy, when you say they're kind of an earthy aroma, a little bit of a little bit of citrus there, but a lot of earthiness mixed in with it. Yeah, a lot of the more I don't know, oh. earthy is quite the word. So, you're swirl looking it up, for. and it gets really pungent, like this pungent hop. Like maybe maybe a better word for it is fungal. Yeah, maybe swirl it up, and I'm getting this like, what's the word I'm looking for? It's this. It's like stinky. It's this very very. Um, yeah, it's a sort of it's a deep, strong. One of those words used when you're describing marijuana. I can't think of it right now. <laughs> well, you're skunky, right? When you're deciding, it's not skunky. It's yeah. it's it's got this deep, strong, uh, like almost kind of tannic vegetable aroma. Mm-hmm. Yikes! I just took a sip. It's a bitter. It's a bitter beer for sure. Lots of lots of citrus. And then it gets kind of, oh, interesting. Let's see if I put some words to. Kind of spicy. Yeah. It's a thing kind of, it's, it's, this is their winter seasonal. You can almost think kind of fruitcake. Mm-hmm. You know, combination of orange and like pineapple and, um, see mostly orange and pineapple. A little bit of tangerine in there too. Yeah, but the fruitcake's a good good call. Like, you know, take the orange and pineapple, think of like a, a good moist brown bread type recipe. Mm-hmm. Mix that together. That's kind of the, the malt character getting out of it, something like a brown bread. The malts are heavy. It's puckering. The, the tissues on the inside of my cheeks are kind of like feeling like they're puckering up and contracting. Well it ends on, on the tongue, instead of ending with this like bitter this deep bitterness, which you normally get, I'm getting this kind of spicy tingliness. Mm-hmm. And that's new and different, and I like that. 
I tend to not, even though, okay, I'm starting to feel a little bit of the deepness now. I tend to not like it when IPAs, and Imperial IPAs especially, just go for just that deep, like, you know, your your tongue is nailed down to the bottom of, <laughs> of your mouth. This is the Mendocino Imperial IPA Winter Seasonal. It's 7.5% alcohol by volume. It's a winter release, so it was released November 1st, 2009. Start looking for it right now, because it's probably going to drop off of shelves if you get Mendocino stuff. It's probably going to drop off of shelves within a couple of weeks or months. I'm not sure how long the run is. I'd expect it to go through February before they stop making, you know, stop putting it out. It has a nice full body. It doesn't overstay its welcome, I think, which is a lot nice. It's you know, the, the flavor, the bitterness doesn't really hang around on your palate. But again, like I said, my cheeks are all puckered. I can tell I've been drinking something that's been pretty harsh, pretty, um, yeah, pretty bitter. It, it's it's a lot for your palate to consider. It's kind of overloading mm-hmm. it, which is why you don't taste it as much. I think because there's there's a lot of malts here that without this kind of burning assertive hop would be pretty sweet and overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Then you have this burning assertive hop that without this malt backbone would just be also in a different way overwhelming. It would make you pucker and it would just mm-hmm. linger there like this uh <laughs> like this resinous goop. Resinous. That's that's what I was looking for. Couldn't think of that word earlier. So in a sense it's a good balancing act. It is a good balancing act for two very hard and harsh flavors. It's not so n- neither of them are taking over, but there is also not quite the marriage that you necessarily would want, mm-hmm. I think. It's missing some- something to kind of bridge the gap. It's these two flavors going up against each other, head to head, canceling each other out in some ways. Uh, but some of that like delicious stuff that I was getting in the aroma uh, that was connecting the two flavors mm-hmm. doesn't exist in the actual flavor of the beer. Yeah. I wouldn't say they're at odds with each other. I think they work fairly well, but they're not completely integrated, you know, like you're saying. Uh, you know, as I was getting further into the beer, at the end I'm getting this like this vegetable-y aftertaste. You know, it's a little grassy. It's a little, you know, typically you can get that when you have just a ridiculous amount of hops in the beer. You start extracting some of those vegetable flavors, and I'm getting a little bit of that where I prefer not to pick that up at the very end. Other than that, I'm enjoying it. So where does that come from? Is that DMS? Or is that... Uh... Uh, I th- some of it may... Uh, I don't think it's DMS, because DMS typically comes from the grains, right? Well, I mean, uh, even the, though the, it's the flavor that you get... I typically associate with sulfates. I mean, that's generally where that... Maybe it does extract some sulfates, but when you use tons and tons of hops in your beer, you'll, you'll get some of those... You'll get some of the vegetable flavor, some of the grassy flavor from the plant matter that's in there, not necessarily just from the lupulin. And I'm, I think I'm tasting a little bit of that. Where, like I said, I prefer not to be there. But it's overall, that's my only uh, complaint on this one. I would say it, it needed it needs something to 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 bring those two sides together, to bring those two opposing yins and yangs together. The first couple of sips, the the sweetness, the maltiness was more prevalent, and that faded, and the bitterness kind of stayed. So after, as I got towards the end of the beer, the bitterness was overpowering the malt. But the first couple of sips, I thought they were I thought they matched really well. And then the bitterness took over. Mm. All right. Let's do this one. This one was sent to us by Carl Strauss Brewing Company. This is their Big Barrel Double IPA. And this one's interesting because um, this is to kick off a series of intense hoppy beers. 
They wanted to go big. They imported the uh, Nelson Savon hops from New Zealand. New Zealand. So that's one of those interesting flavored hops. And does this say that it uses it exclusively? Because if so, this will be my first soul. Oh, no, there's some Warrior and Athenum. Is that how you'd say that? Athenum hops. Atonum. Atonum. I think. Nelson's came out a couple years ago, and everyone was talking about this new New Zealand hop. I've had beers with them before, but nothing that is showcased like a double APA might. Right. So let's see what we get out of this thing. This is 9% by volume in terms of alcohol, a color of 15.4 SRM, so they're very precise. 90 IBUs. They haven't updated their website since they produced this. This says, available limited release in, in October 2009. I think this is a little bit later than that. Yeah. But this is under Carl's Coastal Reserve. Ooh, stinky. Wow. That's a big, yeah, big stinky hop. Now, what do we mean when we say stinky? Well, hmm. <laughs> it's very pungent. Some sulfur compounds in there. First thing I'm trying to figure out, is the beer off? Does it smell like sewer drain, or is it from the hop? And I'm not 100% sure yet, right? So I'm leaning towards hop, but I'm not sure. That's the hop, but that that smell is a smell that I would have called 70, 80 episodes ago. I would have associated with urinal. It's a big, strong, organic smell. It's a smell that you might get if you go to uh, a garden and there are some sticky flowers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's... You know, cabbage. There's a cabbage smell in there, like a cooked, wilted cabbage. So yeah, okay, that's good. It smells to me a lot like stuff that may not smell that great, but would probably taste good. <laughs> big head on this thing, big creamy head. As I swirl it, it's pouring like uh, shaving cream, or the head's coming up as shaving cream. But that strong biological aroma. Mm-hmm. Is is very noticeable to me, and and you know you can get that from ammonia in certain liquids. Okay. Let's just say color again is copper colored, orange, uh, not crystal clear, but still fairly clear. Yeah, I'm more positive now that those flavors are all from the hops, and yeah. the beer is not off because it, it's very crisp. It's not, it's not stinky. It's not icky. You know, it's it's very crisp, but there is a lot of funky flavors in there and i don't mean funk is in belgian funk or lambic funk but just difficult <laughs> flavors yeah. for the palate it it this is a hard episode for us because we have to try to express flavors that are not easily expressed up front i'm getting this this big uh sort of poppy maltiness I'd say a poppy because it kind of pops out at you. It's not mm-hmm. a deep maltiness. It's kind of a woo maltiness that I would kind of associate with grape juice. Okay. And then surrounding it is this moat of vegetably hop, right? <laughs> this moat of like bubbly mixture of now, something. Now, the, uh, the Nelson Savon hops have the Savon part of their name because they're similar to um, white grapes, like a, a like a, um, a wine, like a white wine, yeah, not, not a Cabernet Sauvignon, but whatever the white, a Blanc Sauvignon, I think it's called, has that character to it. When I took a sip, I, I kind of 
did the in the cheeks in the mouth and i kept there for five seconds or so before i swallowed it and when i swallowed it i got a lot more of that white wine type character out of it it also helped take away all the pungent stinkiness I sort of see where you're going with the white wine, and then it, it kind of feels like someone poured a white wine into an IPA. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a white wine yeah. by no means. Yeah, no. But, but there's there's some of those notes in there. Some of the uh, I don't know my wine chemicals, and I I don't drink whites, right? But I guess there's a I bit of a, a white. sulfur sulfury character in whites, or is that no? Am I inc- off base on that one? You know, I I wish I could say either way. Okay. I don't, I don't know. The alcohol in this one is prevalent. When I took that really long draw on it and kept it in my mouth for a while and swallowed it, I was getting a, a I wouldn't say significant, but fair amount of, of hotness from it. It actually reminded me of the way alcohol comes across when I made, um, for the Christmas party at work, I made some of the wassail from Alton Brown's Christmas episode. It had Madeira wine in it and beer, and you serve it hot. And just the alcohol evaporates a lot more frequently there. So you get a lot more hotness in drinking it. And it kind of reminds me of that or, you know, maybe how hot toddy comes across. Just very, very vapory, you know, very uh, aromatic, the alcohol. It's funny because these first two, at least so far, you know, we talked about how we're big hot fans. These first two have been hard beers in, in the sense that they're they're complicated. There, there's a lot going on there, and they take some effort, I think, to fully appreciate. Uh, yeah, they're, they're definitely they're they're a thinking man's double IPA, right? Especially this one from Carl Strauss's Big Barrel Double IPA. First impression: it's stinky, it's grungy, it's funky. You really have to stop and pick it apart to appreciate it. But it it's hop overload. You want hops. You, this isn't your Cascade and Centennial double IPA, right? This is your Warrior, Athanum, or whatever, and and Nelson Savon. I mean, a similar example would be uh, Italian Barolo is a not a beginner's wine. You know, this is a very strong and very intense uh, wine. If, if Greg lost you on that one, raise your hand. <laughs> <laughs> or um, Humboldt Fog is not Absolutely. a beginner's cheese. You're not going to appreciate Limburger is not a beginner's cheese. Limburger is not, but even but Humboldt Fog, you know, is is a cheese that's delicious, but it's not a beginner's cheese. It's a cheese that you'll you'll miss the subtleties, and you'll miss the the okay. Yeah, I guess you're right. The 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 stuff if you don't have it, you know, if you don't uh, have sort of some experience with other cheeses first. If you j- jump right, if you're big on hoppy IPAs, you jump right into some of these. Some of these may not give you what you want. I mean, you probably want to go with a more... Uh, it all depends. I don't want to characterize any single person, right? I just, I, I think, uh, you know, summing it up as this isn't your Cascade and Centennial Double IPA. Right. You know, this right. one, you're you're not going to order it and say, oh, it's man candy. You're This one is one, at first it's going to be really pungent, and then you're going to start getting some of the nuances off of it. You mm-hmm. just have to work into it. Speaking of cheeses, a quick diet update. I'm down 14 pounds in uh, three weeks. And there's only two things that I I miss. And that is um, eating lots of artisan bread. Because I always thought bread was good for you. And uh, it's not bad for you, but it's a very dense source of calories. Right. 
very, very dense source of calories. I never knew that. So I miss eating all kinds of delicious breads. And So I, your fermentation project is on hold? I, I made some sourdough. I got some upstairs. It didn't leaven. It's very thick. Mm. The loaf weighs like twice as much as you think it should. But um, We won't eat it on the post show. No, we won't. And um, cheeses. Now, I can make, I make room for beer, right? And I can make room for cheeses on occasion. Bread, I just have a hard time really fitting into my... Once I get to my goal weight and maintain, I'll be able to eat more bread. But right now, that's the thing I'm missing most is bread. And cheeses is my second thing. Cheese is all fat, right? That's, that's, yeah, that's Or at least real cheese is mm-hmm. all fat. Yeah. So... You know, one ounce... 120 calories. I have some of that um, that um, new Glarus Parmesan upstairs. And uh, I might give you some because I don't think I'm going to eat it all before it goes. <laughs> but uh, that, that's my luxury right now. I had the other night, I had a little bit of the, uh, the Bella Vitano uh, raspberry cheese. That stuff is delicious. That's uh, cheese that's made in Wisconsin and it's washed in new Glarus raspberry tart. Right. No, I remember having that cheese, and it was fantastic. But this Carl Strauss Double IPA is pretty good. I mean, it's really, it's really enticing me as it, as I keep drinking it. The, the The intensity of the hops has faded to this really sweet upfront kind of sweetness, and I'm enjoying that particular part of it. And I'm thinking, okay, what would go well with this? Now, what would you pair with this? I'm still getting that big, pungent, complex, slash, difficult to appreciate aroma. It needs flavor. big flavors. Mm-hmm. It needs big flavors to counteract the big flavors that are here. Blue so, che- it will go with blue cheese, right? Yeah, and, and any pungent cheese would work. Yeah. Sharp cheddar. The would fat work. would help, you know, yeah. help with the uh, the acidness of the hops. So I'm trying to go off the, the range of like, oh, this would go well with barbecue. But thinking, okay, this might go well with uh, a, a spicy Indian curry. Oh. Well, hoppy beers in Indian typically do well mm-hmm. together. And yeah, I could see this working well with something along those lines. Like not necessarily a masala, which is more of a tomato based, mm-hmm. tomato and cream based, but sort of a big, you know, a curry with chickpeas and and stuff like that oh when you say chickpeas in indian you have me right yeah but i'm also i'm not sure why but i'm thinking when you said indian i'm like i want a big garlicky naan bread Mm -hmm. to go with this that would work too bold flavors in the garlic would really help to you know fight against Mm -hmm. the the that that produces fireworks in your mouth yeah i agree good stuff Okay, so now do we go on to the triple IPA or the wood age double IPA? I say we go on to. I say we go by alcohol. So yeah, wood well, age. That should be the wood age double IPA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's only 10% as opposed to the 12% right. of the uh, Devil Dancer. This is the wood age from Great Divide. Pale ale aged on oak chips. I had this beer recently. Well, last month. Heather went to Three Sons and gave me a surprise beer run from uh, uh-huh. Three Sons for my birthday. And she she did an okay job, but she had picked beers that, you know, nothing new, nothing that exciting. But um, she got me one of these, and I so I drank it. And I was, like, re-impressed or reborn with, like, this beer. I loved it. So 
Fingers crossed it has the same impression on okay. me right now. Uh, I, maybe I shouldn't have said that because I don't want to taint Greg's opinion. I just... Oh, 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 yum. Big oaky aroma on this thing. Not not really bourbony. I don't even think they use bourbon barrels. I think it's fresh oak on this guy. It has this really oaky, nutty aroma to it. Uh, English and American hops, French and American oak. So that, yeah, the, but um, it's pro- I think it's first used oak. It's not something that had wine or whiskey in it. Ten percent alcohol by volume, two and a half standard drinks. Yikes! Watch out. Well, that's and that's it was not two and a half standard because it's in a bomber, so it's uh, standard drink is four percent alcohol in a twelve ounce bottle mm-hmm. in Australia. Right. <laughs> Greg loves the standard drink. I think it's a great. I, I'm surprised you remember. I I completely forgot the formula, right? And you've been using it over the last couple of months. I'm like. Okay, so what was that formula again? But yeah, four ounces at twelve ounce, four percent at twelve ounces is a standard right. drink. I think it. I, I love it. As soon as I heard it, it, was like, bam! There's a new measuring tool right mm-hmm. there, and it's a new thing to measure off of. Because you can convert that to spirits and wine. Uh-huh. You got a standard drink. Makes makes very good sense. That's crazy, Aussies. Sometimes they know what they're doing. I think it must be all those poisonous spiders and snakes. Oh, speaking of which, Jeff Everest, our favorite Australian listener, just had his new baby. Congratulations, Jeff. And uh, it was a surprise baby. But, like His kids are like, I think like seven and nine or something like that, and they weren't planning on it, and boom, new baby. It wasn't like it wasn't like you know I didn't know I was pregnant. It wasn't no no it wasn't I didn't know I was pregnant. It was like oh you're pregnant. That wasn't expected. So congratulations, so, Jeff. Um, unplanned parenthood is what you're saying. Yes, yes, wasn't quite on their agenda. I don't think it's you know we, they didn't have it in their date book. They used to call that an accident. I don't you know I think that you know that belittles the baby a bit. <laughs> right. It wasn't in their date book, but uh, cheers, Jeff, and uh, we hope to see you here in Pittsburgh again yeah. sometime. Well, with a new baby, I don't know, but well, happy accident, let's call it. The company he works for is changing a little bit, so I'm not sure if he has any plans on ever coming back or not. Mm. Well, if you do, we'll be here for you. But we keep hiring away his um, his peers that live, work here in Pittsburgh at my company. <laughs> I guess we get some vanilla edges from the oak. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it just smells woody, and we can... I'm having a hard time pulling out the flavors because I'm just savoring the rum on this guy. It's good. Yeah, so the vanilla woody edges to it. I'm having a hard time identifying the hops of the there. Oh, flavor. It's creamy. And you get the oak first. You get the vanilla. You get some toffee. A little bit of a little bit of some kind of nut, maybe a, a pecan or a, maybe an almond would be a better Hazelnut. way. Hazelnut. Hazelnut. There you go. And then the hops come through later on. And the hops are, are significantly bitter. I'm all puckered. And then after the hops fade a little bit, you get the malty sweetness from it. You get... Uh, Toasty caramel. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty sweet caramel though almost like a caramel syrup doesn't go into roastiness you know it's just a sort Mm -hmm. of toasty flavor along with some caramel i got a a pretty strong punch of caramel like almost like what you think when you like put some caramel on your ice cream sundae or something like that 
it's probably about 15 or 16 SRMs. It's a, it's a golden copper. And it actually might be even a little yeah, bit it's darker. It's a little bit darker. This one is a uh, deep orange to brown. Um, we haven't had a golden color. double IPA yet, you know, because there's two schools so of thought. Much, there's so much malt in there, it's hard to do. Oh, no, there's like a hop wallop, which they don't make anymore from Victory. was a bright golden double IPA. And if you ask... How do they make that in, in the winter? No, no, they make Yakima Twilight now. Oh. Instead of Hop Wallop. I think they, they think they retired Hop Wallop. I could be wrong on that one, but they make Yakima Twilight, which is their black IPA. And people rave about Yakima Twilight. I had it. It's okay. It's okay, yeah. I think probably like Hop Wallop a little better. This is getting uh, a hell of a lot of... of boost from it being in wood i think well when you use fresh oak it's crazy strong uh-huh. so they probably only have a small percentage of the beer you know of the total volume that was bottled in this bottle was probably oak aged and much of it was probably not oak aged if they're using first time american and french oak that's probably the case it's probably a small percentage was actually in barrels or chips. Or does it, chips, say, does it yeah. say barrels? It does not say barrels. So okay. it could be just, yeah, you know, chips dropped in like mm-hmm. with them. Um, that, that maybe the whole thing was on oak then if it was chipped. I don't know. From what I know, and if you're using barrels, the uh, some breweries will throw out the beer that they put in the barrels the first time and use it the second time. You know, most breweries will use beer, barrel, use barrels from wineries or from distilleries. I don't like their food pairings here. This is the food pairings I recommend. Bacon and blue cheese hamburger, barbecue ribs, Point Reyes blue cheese, sticky toffee pudding. These are all things that wouldn't... <laughs> uh, they all work, right? They but, all work. But, but we're doing them in a flight, and the blue cheese would work better with the Carl Strauss, right? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, they're just they're just taking things that are kind of like, uh, you know, in strong flavors, and, and they're mixing with it. Caramel cheesecake to put at the end here. Now, caramel cheesecake goes good with anything. I don't care what it is. Caramel cheesecake probably goes good with cement, right? <laughs> it, the labels aren't necessarily written for us who are looking for the most exotic dish ever or something that's an interesting new pairing, right? Sure, they're standards. I can see them work. Actually, most of those, like all the blue cheese flavor, again, since we're doing this vertical, Carl Strauss is the winner for yeah. burgers the, and the, blue Some cheese. of the subtleties are going to be lost if you do that. The subtleties mm-hmm. and the sweetness are going to be lost. If so you let's come up with our own on this one. because blue cheese hamburger. I mean, come on. You're gonna, all you're going to taste is, is, is water and some alcohol. You're not going to taste the, the complexities, the sweetness here. Really interesting and uh Good sweetness. That you did, so really my my out. first opinion is this is a solo beer. This isn't a food thing. Oak chips. Okay, there we go. Greg found part of the label that says it's not barrel aged. It's aged on oak chips. Okay, Greg. So you don't like their food pairings. My my opinion is I don't know if I want to put food on this one because it, it's pretty complex on its own and pretty luscious on its own. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts, or are you thinking solo? I'm thinking if you're going to pair this with food, if that's your desire. Then you pair it with something lighter so you can taste some of the stuff in the beer. You pair it with uh, a lighter fish, say. You still want something with a little bit of depth to it. Oh, so that's, that's tough. Like what fish will actually... or something like that. So it's got mm. some fat to it, right? But it's also got uh, lightness. Here's what popped in my head. Chili dogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Chili dogs. 
This might go well with hot dogs. I don't know if you, if you put the chili on it, you're kind of ruining it. But it might go well with hot dogs. With or without, I won't be too strict with my opinion. But when you were talking, it just steamed bun. You know, I don't know about whole Chicago style, but like Chicago style bun, Chicago style dog. And I still think the chili is a good mix. But that and this, I'm a happy man. It would go well. It would go well. Yeah, chili would go well. But again, these very strong flavors. Mm-hmm. Strong flavors that last, too. They they do use the oak very well in this. I think so, too. I've gone through you know my whole glass here, and uh, it's not getting overpowering. It's not getting washed out. It's maintaining. Every taste is a little something different. Every taste is you know, mm-hmm. a refresher of, of what was there before, and that's nice. That's not something you get from the other two. Mm-hmm. The other two were, were you know... Yeah, that's what I expected. This one is like, oh yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah, and and the vanilla really comes through, big time vanilla flavor, right? Oh yeah, that's tasty. All right, triple IPA. There's not too many of these with triple IPA on the label. This is the Founders Devil Dancer, and uh, this is one of the beers that um, Rick Sizemore brought to us when he came out here. That was about six months ago, right? Yep. So I wanted to get this out before it got too old. Uh, 12% ABV, and they advertise 112 IBUs on the neck label right there. 112 IBUs, but according to the math, <laughs> over 200. There is a um, an absorption factor, a saturation factor right. that the formulas don't necessarily take. So if you plug all this into ProMash and you hop the hell out of your beer, it'll say 200 IBUs. Take it to the lab and get it analyzed. It'll be much less. Um, 90 to 100, 112. That is beer geek numbers. 200, 150. Those are marketing numbers. Don't believe them. Mm-hmm. So their thing here, their slogan here is, when you dance with the devil, the devil don't change. You do. They have a, um, a label. is the same as I remember. They have a... Uh, Apparently a virgin being sacrificed by some big evil red hands. She's um, kind of naked, but you can't see her naughty bits. It's kind of obfuscated. That's no virgin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this one has a bit of that that, that funky, skanky, pungent aroma that the Carl Strauss had. Yeah. There's no no date on this bottle, so I'm not sure exactly how old it is. A little bit of that... Mix mix your hops in with a little bit of ammonia, and you get some very very volatile stuff coming out there, and that's what's coming out of this. Well, the twelve percent's coming through too. I I just took a whiff, and it smelled like it smelling from the neck of a whiskey bottle. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> okay, so it's very chewy on on the the mouth feel. It's got a lot of. Uh, a lot of mouthfeel to it, a lot of... This is ridiculously bitter. It's very, very bitter. It has the 112 or 200 IBUs that they market. Wow. And not wow as in wow beer. Wow as in... I thought I knew what bitter my maximum <laughs> bitter threshold was, and this is punching it. And I've had this beer before. Granted, it's been a while, and I don't remember exactly. Keep licking the inside of my mouth because it's just all like chapped from the the bitterness of this beer, and it 
I, I drank it 40 seconds ago and it still lingers in my mouth like it's still there. It's I'm still getting very bright hop flavor from it and it's been gone for so long. The malt profile to me is really interesting here. It's got this like buttery sweetness to it, like a Ritz cracker, right? Mm-hmm. And and the hops are kind of around it with this very you know, spicy, almost cinnamon-like attack at this what to me I'm visualizing as this sort of pyramid of maltiness and then around it is this raining like it's raining hops there is a lot of sweetness in there it's 12 percent it's it's a barley wine you know type malt bill on that thing but for me it the the sweetness it it runs down my throat as fast as it can because it's 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 fleeing from the bitterness and it's right there it's right there and it's staying there it doesn't go away. This does not clear off your palate. Minutes after your last sip, it tastes like you swallowed it seconds ago. The alcohol, to me, helps it... helps sort of mute some of the extremely aggressive bitterness. Now, is the alcohol going to help wash it off your tongue, or is it going to help it dig in deeper, right? Cause well, it's going to help the volatiles kind of float away right so it, it's going to help a little bit in that i mean i still notice the malt i still notice this like i said this sort of malt pyramid it's the best way i can describe it it doesn't sound it, i know it sounds really weird but uh this this pyramid of malt surrounded by a big cloud of you know rainy hops hops just raining down and also in a cloud like a like a fog a hop fog a malt pyramid in a hop fog how's that sound Sounds wonderful. <laughs> I'm not buying it, but it sounds wonderful. I can't believe how potent the aftertaste and the lingering, um, you know, Keystone Light bitter beer face. This this beer gives you a bitter beer face, at least on the inside. I noticed they stopped doing those commercials. I think people started to appreciate bitter beer. I think they stopped advertising Keystone in general, but I don't know. Maybe that guy just got too expensive. Wow, this is wicked. It's a devil then. Dance of the devil. Devil don't change. You do. There's, there's almost no words to really describe this thing other than try it yourself, you know? Well, that sucks for a podcast, Jeff. Come on. I'm, I'm trying. That's why I'm describing why there's no words instead of just sitting here with my thumb up my butt. It, it's a... Uh, it, it's not quite as dark as amber. Uh, it, it's a more goldenish, so probably more around the 18 SRMs. It's good, but if you don't like lingering bitter, you're going to hate this beer. Because I've never had a beer that's lingered like I would this. not have liked this the first year I started the show. I would not have appreciated this. This would have been like, whoa, what the heck you give me? Now I can really appreciate this. But I also think that... Speaking of... Uh, sorry, finish. No, go ahead. So this reminds me... Speaking of founders, speaking of crazy beers... They just announced their first Nemesis beer. And this is going to be a yearly seasonal that is, I guess, has a lot of secrecy, secrecy about it. Secrecy? Yeah, secrecy about it. And it's going to be a brewer doing something pretty crazy. So here is what is the first year's Nemesis. It is a wheat wine aged in the oak barrels that contained maple syrup. Like what they did with Canadian Breakfast Out. Founders Nemesis 2009 
is best described as a maple bourbon barrel-aged wheat wine holding 12% alcohol volume and 70 IBUs. Barrels have been resting deep in the mines of the Great Rapids for nearly nine months. I mean, wheat wines, come on, dude. I mean, this sounds awesome. I, I was lucky enough to try some of the Canadian breakfast out. Mm-hmm. So that's breakfast out. They're their coffee oatmeal breakfast type stout with maple syrup aged in these maple barrels actually i thought they were from canada but they very well could be in the northern michigan uh maple it was down at fatheads one of the best beer places in town and they ordered in i talked about this i think but they ordered in waffles from the belgian place in town (laughs) so they had free waffles they had canadian breakfast stout and they also had bottles of the syrup that was in the barrels too it was it was a wine bottle, seven hundred fifty milliliters. I think, if I remember right, it was sixty dollars a bottle for this maple syrup. Jesus, I mean, real maple syrup is like good wine. Apparently, I yeah. mean, it, it is not cheap. You know, we're used to drinking the stuff that's all high fructose corn syrup with a little maple flavoring. Right. I mean, it was Log good syrup. Cabin. I don't, you know, don't have the palate to appreciate sixty dollars syrup by any means. I do have a palate to appreciate the waffles from the Point Bruge Cafe, and I need to go there for brunch someday because those sugar waffles were insane. Anyway, back to Nemesis. Same kind of thing with the wheat wine. That sounds kind of delicious. But back to our show, we have four DIPAs, well, three DIPAs, one TIPA, but I call it double IPA, honestly. Yeah, I wasn't going to save the Devil Dancer for a triple IPA show. It'd be a long time coming. So, okay, so we have four... Imperial IPAs, let's call them that. There you go. And so Imperial Imperials. How do you want to rank them, Jeff? They were uh, each their own beer. They were. They were. It's hard. You got to figure out, like, what aspects do you like? Because you're not comparing them against the same. You're not comparing them. Which is the best example of a style? Because they were all their own beer. Yeah. So now you have to figure out which aspects do you like over other aspects. For me, uh, Great Divide is is the winner, right? I mean, that vanilla, deep, rich, complex flavors. Loved it. Uh, number two, I'm going to have to go with the Devil Dancer because it wasn't quite as com- it wasn't quite as difficult as the Carl, Stra- Carl Strauss. Carl Strauss was good. Number three. Um, very difficult, very complex. Yeah, they really go in there and, you know, get all psychological on it and figure out what the hell it was supposed to be and what the flavors were. And then uh, number four, Mendocino. Bit of a hard luck loser. I didn't dislike it, but it didn't bring didn't bring the thunder like the other beers did. <laughs> I sort of agree with you. Uh, mine first is, is uh, the 15th anniversary wood-aged... Uh for Great Divide, that just continually gave us a sweetness and really gave us that vanilla that that, that put it over the edge, I think, uh, and and really dealt with oak in a very pleasing way. Oak is uh, oak can get overpowering, particularly if you use bourbon barrels. It can get way overpowering way quickly, and they didn't do that. So I got to give them credit for that, and also it just really made the beer. It really made the beer what it is. I don't think it would have been anything close to what it is without that additional wood flavor. So. Go number one. I'm going to slightly disagree with you and put the Kara Strauss number two, even though, yeah, it was complicated, but I think that it really brought it. Brought it. You know, bring it. Like cheerleaders. And I just felt that it, 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 
it gave me a bit more than the Devil Dancer, even the Devil Dancer had all this stuff going for it, and and a, and a nice metaphor for me, pyramid in a fog, but. The Carl Strauss just, I think, gave me a little bit more to, to contemplate. Resident Evil Answer was, was a little bit more straightforward. And finally, the Mendocino, which I said was one, was really interesting combo, but didn't have that connector. Mm-hmm. Didn't have that thing to bridge right. them. Well, that was our double IPA show. There you go. You um, wanted it, you got it. There's your hops. <laughs> it certainly delivered the hops. I was I was feeling it a little bit earlier. Uh, actually, somehow I was able to absorb and sober up during the Devil Dancer. I'm not sure how the hell that happened, but I'm not feeling as I feel a little buzz earlier. It's kind of gone now. But tune in the post show where I'm sure things are crazy. Give me a what what? Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah, the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders are big enough for the abuse. They never say what you can't hear